We're looking forward to him getting back here with us. I miss his voice. miss his singing. I miss his presence. He is he's one of those people that when he enters a room, you notice him. Yeah, we miss his snarkiness too. <laughs> we just miss Wayne. Wayne, hurry up and get back here. <laughs> uh, we may have to come give you a push. We miss you. All right. Well, we're ready to do our uh, opening hymn, which, again, since we're picking up on Christmas, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So, Brother Bob, if you want to please lead us, we would get started here. Thank you, Brother Mitch. Good morning. Boy, it's a good-looking crowd this morning. Frankly, it's more more people here than I thought there might be to uh, today, but uh, that's good, too. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. Let's uh, turn to number 191, since we're celebrating Jesus' birthday this morning. Amen. You know, it doesn't matter what day we celebrated on, Mitch. It was an arbitrary date to begin with. Yeah. And uh, the fact is, we're celebrating. That's the important thing. Yes. Hark, the herald angels sing. Hark, the herald Brother Mitch, will you take us to the Lord in prayer, please? Our Father and God, we are so blessed. We are so grateful that you came. You came here in the flesh as a child. It's hard for our minds to fathom the the creator of all that exists, including us, allowed yourself to become a tiny seed inside the womb of a of of a woman, a virgin. And you came with a purpose. You came to give us purpose, to give us love, to give us life, to give us hope, 
we give you thanks. We give you praise because we cling to that hope. We claim your promises. We come to the cross. We knelt at the cross. We confessed our sins. We repented of our sins and we accepted you. We invited you as our Lord and our Savior. That means we've come to obey as well as to rejoice. In fact, until we obey, we have no reason to rejoice. So Lord, this morning, touch our hearts, touch our minds, lead us closer to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Let's turn to number 197, while shepherds watch their flocks by night. Amen. Our communion hymn this morning will be uh, number 222. Appropriately enough, a communion hymn for Christmas. Gathered round
Amen. Brother Mike Higgins has our meditation this morning. morning is before and after. Our culture has become intrigued with what I call the before and after. A popular talk show featured these days is the makeover story. A person is introduced or pictured in showing in the before condition, then a clothing expert, hair specialist, or makeup artist performs their magic and Transform has, transform has taken place right in front of our eyes. Advertisers also love the before and after, the theme to illustrate the power of their products. After eating our low-fat sandwiches, using our exercise equipment, taking our pill, or undergoing our surgical procedure, you can go from looking like that to looking like this. And the end result is quite impressive. We have even become fascinated with watching neighbors switch houses and overhaul each other's tarred, boring rooms. Video cameras track the action as the unscript changes unfold. In case you haven't noticed, the Bible contains some drama before and after. Stories as well. God is... God is, is not so interested in our physical improvements. He is the offer of our spiritual transformation. Amen. My favorite before and after character in the scripture is Hadakiah, one of the lesser known prophets of the Old Testament. When you read the first few verses and the last few verses of, the, of this book, you can hardly believe it is the same author. He begins in a state of doubt and anxiety because of the horrendous circumstances in which he lived. However, by the time he concludes, he is filled with such a powerful peace and trust that he can, he can say, whatever happens, as we will rejoice in the Lord. This is a real change that I sense people of our days want to experience. We are tired of our reading, or receding faith our flabby commitments, and our dull spiritual routines. One of the key appointments in Hadakiah's breakthrough involves is the power of the memory. He lived in one of those spiritual dry times when God's grace and comfort were difficult to see. Have you been through a season like that? God knows that life in this world can be a series of spiritual mountaintops and deep valleys. Our spiritual highs make it easy to find contentment. But when we go for those long stretches with very little sense of his closeness, God has taught us to rely on our memory. Communion stands as a memory and beyond compare. It is a regular opportunity God provides to remember that his love has not changed since that day. His son died on the cross. In fact, the Lord's Supper is so packed with meaning that it provides a very real real possibility of creating a before and after. Experience each time we eat and drink in. Only you know the before condition of your heart and soul today. But as you reflect and remember, it is his hope that the Spirit will stir something with you today, which that will you not go home unchanged. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for being able to assemble in your house this morning. Yes. Dear Lord, remembering as your son was born there in a manger wrapped in swallowing's clothes. And dear Lord, as we start the new year, Let's remembering 
what you have done for us. And dear Lord, as we start this new year, worshiping you in spirit and in truth. Dear Lord, I pray that you bless the loaf and the cup. Represents our Lord and Savior's broken body and the blood he shed there upon Calvary's cross. Let's do this in remembrance of him. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a few moments and just meditate a little on uh, on what has been and what is to be, depending on our our relationship with Jesus. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room for the Passover meal, Jesus took bread and blessed it, broke it, passed it among his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat of it, all of you. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, Jesus blessed it and thanked God for it, passed it to his disciples, saying, This is my blood, which was poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. While we're uh, standing, we hear once in a while, well, frequently, that we just don't get to sing enough Christmas songs. We want to do something about that this morning. Somebody give me a number. 194. 194. Okay, let's turn to 194. Sounds good. I found it. Did you? Let's do it.
Sometimes there's one person, well, a lot of times there's one person that's left out of the uh, choice of songs. Preacher, what's your uh, favorite Christmas carol? Uh, Holy Night. Holy Night. Got a number on that? I don't. I don't even know the demo. 195. 195. Thank you, Bob. Let's sit down on this one. I know you get tired of standing. I know I do. Don't tell me we've finally done it. Stump the piano player. I knew somebody'd come through.
Amen. Brother Mitch, you're up. <laughs> well, Brother Wayne was texting me to ask where the broadcast was, so I hope he found it. I told him to check our Facebook page. should be live there this morning. Uh, new website. <clears throat> I had to uh, work on it all week. I finally got everything working, I think. We've got a YouTube channel now, too, so you can find Lexington Christian Church on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and LexingtonChristianChurch.com. We still have a website. We just have a different provider. Uh, the old one decided they weren't going to host websites anymore. So, All right. Another bit of good news before we get started. I have an appointment with the orthopedic surgeon January 17. And I could have surgery within a week or two after that if I meet all the qualifications. So pray for me. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping to not miss more than two or three weeks, but <clears throat> we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. But I plan to be here. But if I'm not, we got backups. So <laughs> you guys might uh, prepare some sermons for uh, you know a couple weeks, three weeks, four weeks, something. Uh, be prepared. Everybody's back here looking at Mike. <laughs> Mike, and and we have we have also Mark can can fill in some too, and uh, Bob, if he wants to. <laughs> All right. Well, as our Christmas message this morning, what child is this? Yeah, I was thinking about what what could I uh, present, and nothing is new, folks. <laughs> yeah, this message has been around for 2,000-some years, so... Nothing is new, but I hope that we can get something out of this. I chose to go back to the Old Testament in Isaiah, the prophecy of the Messiah. So here we will read from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past... He humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you. A people rejoice at the harvest as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment roiled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire. Why? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Thank you for standing for the word of God. You may be seated. All right, I'm, I'm going to uh, especially stick to uh, verses 6 and following, but... I think it's interesting that you see the, the prophecy that those people who had all of this dark gloom and all of these uh, oppressions, all of the problems, all of that is going to be taken away. How and why? By the Messiah that is to come. Now, we may look at that and say, well, now, wait a minute. There's still oppression. 
There's still all of this stuff. Okay? There is in the world. But there doesn't have to be in our heart. In our heart, no matter what's going on, we can still live in peace because we are connected to the Prince of Peace. We can... You know, Jonathan Kahn, as he said in one of his messages that I listened to recently, he said that we need to be anchored to God. He gave an example of where he said he was at a a place and and, uh, it was on the ocean and he was there presenting. and, And then afterwards he said he had a little spare time, so he decided to go swimming in the ocean. And he's out here swimming in the ocean and all of a sudden somebody says, Hey, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> he said, You are Jonathan Kahn, right? He said, Yeah. He said, Hey, he said, Do you have a minute? Could you give me some counsel? He said, Here we are in the ocean, bobbing up and down with the waves. And this guy's asking for counsel. And he said, What he said to me was, My life keeps going up and down. <laughs> Can you help me? What do I need to do? And he said, while they were bobbing up and down, he said, you know, every once in a while they go underwater and come back up. And so he saw a big rope and he said, let's go over to the rope and hold on. He said, so we went to the rope and we held on. And of course, then we were stable. He said, and then I realized God was giving me the answer. (laughs) And he said, I looked at him and said, yeah, see how holding on to this rope stops us from going up and down? Yeah. He said, if you cling to Jesus as your anchor of your soul, you'll stop going up and down. Amen. That is what we need, folks. That is who Jesus is. That's who we're celebrating his birth. Even as a baby, he was still God in the flesh. You know, all of those things, he said that all of the implements for war, even the boots that's, that's roiled in blood, all of that's going to be fuel for the fire. It's going to be burnt. Won't be needed anymore. Why? Because the Prince of Peace has come. Now, these are future things yet, folks, in a sense, but also in a sense, in a spiritual sense, we already have succeeded in that. We've already We've already been connected to that peace that passes all understanding. We can see and hear all of the things that's going on around in the world, but we don't have to let that determine how we live, how we feel, what actions we take, as long as we are connected to Jesus. He will lead us into all truth. He will lead us to where we need to be. He will be the one that gives us that peace no matter what is going on in the world. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. Now wait a minute. We're told in other places in the New Testament that uh, Satan is the prince of this world. So how do we connect those dots? How can we say that Jesus is the leader of the government and yet Satan is the leader of the government at the same time? Well, first of all, we're talking about two different governments. Jesus is the leader of the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't mean that he doesn't influence and have rule over what goes on here. However, there's something that many don't seem to know or comprehend or understand. And that is is that when God created man, he gave us the ability to rule over all. As long as we obeyed him. Well, what happened when the serpent appeared in the garden? They surrendered their authority. They surrendered our authority and our power to rule over all of the earth and gave it to the serpent. They gave it to Satan. That's how Satan has the ability to rule, to be the prince 
of this world. We surrendered. Our, 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 the first Adam surrendered. The second Adam took it back. And when we are connected to him, we once again become the rulers. We are also meant to be the influencers, not the silent party, but the ones who speak up about the one who came, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. You see, Satan runs a shadow uh, government. He, he is a usurper. He, is, he has infiltrated this world. And his influence always leads to destruction. I'm sure that there's no parallels to our world today with that. But <laughs> uh, we can see how things are going when we have rulers and, and, and people in positions of authority that are ungodly. Regardless of whether they say they're Christian or not, their actions prove otherwise. Godly people do not promote the death of unborn children, folks, plain and simple. It just don't happen. You know, Herod was kind of the same way. (laughs) He had all the babies killed up to two years old. Why? He was trying to get rid of Jesus. Wasn't successful, praise God. But Jesus comes, and then he, as he grew up, you know, he came as a small child, just like we all do. He went through that whole process. I mean, you know, I hear psychologists and uh, psychiatrists talking about how hard it is to grow up, how hard it is to find where you fit in, and blah, blah, blah. Guess what? If that's true, which I tend to argue with that some, to some degree, but if it's true, Jesus went through all of that. And yet, he did not sin, not once. We have kids today that are so screwed up, they bring guns to school and start killing people. We have kids that come to school and they're so stoned, they don't know where they are and they don't care. Neither do the teachers. Some do, but most don't. You know, there's a new generation of teachers. The old generation didn't allow these things. They dealt with it. And they were allowed to deal with it. Now you spank a child, you're taking a chance of going to jail for a very long time. You better have a good reason. All of those things are because of the influence of the prince of this world, not the prince of peace. He is a wonderful counselor. You know, you think about a counselor. People go to a counselor and they pay a lot of money just so that that person can hear them work out their own problems. That's usually what, the way it works. <laughs> you pay them a lot of money. You're laying there on the couch talking and you talk yourself right into an answer. But Jesus is meant to be the one that we go to as our counselor. When we are struggling, when we are going through the trials of life, when we are having issues, we're meant to go to the wonderful counselor. He will never prescribe you a medication that will make you feel like you don't exist anymore. Or that will make you feel like that you're just drooling. (laughs) Sitting around. Instead, he will tell you the truth. You know, I read uh, in a book that there is a a, a possible, most likely scenario where as much as 90% of the people that go to psychiatrists and things, all they need is to repent of their sins and give their life to Christ. And they'll be fine. And if they refuse to do that, they just get worse and worse and worse. Why? Because the demons come to kill, to steal, and destroy. They love to do that. 
our God is a wonderful counselor. He tells us exactly what is right, what we need to do. You see, the problem with going to a human counselor, especially one that is not a Christian, is that they make recommendations of things that are ungodly, unholy, unrighteous, immoral. Such as if a young person who is confused about their gender goes to a psychiatrist, nowadays many psychiatrists will tell them, oh, well, go ahead and if you're a boy now and you want to be a girl, go ahead and be a girl. It's okay. That's the way it's meant to be. What? (laughs) Excuse me? God made them to be what they are. To do anything else is a form of rebellion against the God who created you. The potter and the clay, remember? God said, does the clay look to the potter and say, why'd you make me this way? Mm. We have gotten so far away from God. He is our wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. Now, it doesn't just say he's God. It says he's mighty God. And I would tend to add to that all mighty God. We forget sometimes when we talk about God, we sometimes forget who he is and what that really means. We need to remember that he's almighty God. In other words, we have a reason to revere him. We have a reason to bow down before him. We have a reason to be very respectful towards him because if he wanted to, he could crush us like a bug. Now, he doesn't want to do that, but my point is, he could. You know, I remember when I was still working, a lot of people were afraid to speak to the boss. Oh, don't say nothing to the boss. You might end up getting fired. Everybody was amazed because I told the boss off. I always told him what I thought. And he said, Mitch... I'm going to promote you. (laughs) He said, you speak your mind. I like that. So I got promoted. But I wasn't a smart aleck. I wasn't, you know, I just presented the problem in a way that he could grasp. I wasn't afraid to tell him I didn't like this or I didn't like that. God doesn't mind when we tell him what we like and don't like. But, like my boss, he makes the final decision. He's the one who says yes or no. He's the one who is able. And if we say no when he says yes, and we rebel, we're no different than Satan at that point. Because that's what Satan did. He rebelled against the authority of God. So when we get influenced to do that, guess where that influence is coming from? Now, we can't say the devil made me do it because he didn't. But by his influence, we allowed him to convince us to do it. And thereby we are guilty of sin. We must repent confess and get it right with God and go back and say, yes. Remember what happened to Jonah when he said no? (laughs) Belly of the fish, he died. The implication there, he died and got spit up on the earth. And I'm assuming that as he hit the ground, caused him to cough up all of that yuck. It's in his mouth and his lungs and come back to life. That's Mitch's interpretation. (laughs) He is mighty God, a wonderful counselor. And he is the everlasting father. You know, more and more people today, more and more people today either do not know who their father is or they have problems in their relationship with their fathers. And that's sad. 
And so when you speak of God as a father, they're like, nope, (laughs) don't want nothing to do with that. I've got problems with my father already. I don't need another father. That makes it very, very difficult to reach that person. But we just have to keep sharing the love of the father, the heavenly father. Because the heavenly father is much different than our earthly fathers. In the New Testament, it says that our fathers correct us as they feel that we need. But when our heavenly father corrects us, it's always perfect. It's always right. And we need to learn to accept it. And to appreciate it. You know, I can remember many things that my dad taught me and told me over and over again when I wanted to do something. You don't need to. (laughs) Don't see no need in it. Right, Mark? (laughs) He heard that word a lot from my dad. Uh, But I can remember when I I was carrying things and moving stuff, one at a time. Just take one at a time. You get too many, you drop them. You make a mess. You tear something up. One at a time. And you know, all of those things, I pretty much despised back then. (laughs) I was rebellious against it. But now I see the wisdom in it. I have learned that my father was trying to help me to grow into a, a man that was responsible and did well. Jesus is our mighty God, our heavenly Father, everlasting Father. When he encourages us, when he nudges us, even when he disciplines us, it is truly for our good to make us more into his image. We need to accept it, be grateful for it, and keep moving forward. And Even though we may not see the wisdom in it at the moment, one day we will. One day we will. He is also the Prince of Peace. Well, if he's the Prince of Peace, what's going on in the world then? There's no peace in the world. There's fighting Russia, Ukraine, Taiwan, and all these other things are going on. If he's the prince of peace, what's going on? Well, what's going on is that we have free will. Man has been given the ability to choose for ourselves whether we follow the prince of peace or whether we follow our own. Now, sometimes in in the conflict between good and evil, it comes out in a physical conflict between countries, between men. But no matter how we have to, what steps we have to take to correct something or someone, we always have to remember to do it in love. Not out of bitterness and hatred. Because if we allow ourselves to become bitter, if we allow ourselves to hold some bitterness, some hatred towards someone else because they're not doing things the way I think they ought to do it. They're not doing things the way God would have them do it. Well, first of all, we're not their judge. Second of all, we may disagree. They have just as much right to their opinion as we do ours. And there comes the conflict. There's the rub between good and evil. There comes a point when you have to be able to recognize the evil. You have to be able to call out the evil. You have to address that evil. And if the person that is being used by the devil to accomplish some evil purpose or to hold back some church from growing or whatever the case might be, you need to, in love, address these things. Christ is in us. Christ is with us. He's the prince of peace, not the prince of bitterness, not the prince of hatred, not the prince of this world. 
So we must be careful not to allow Satan to use our feelings, our emotions, and our attitudes to become more like the prince of this world than the prince of peace. We can still accomplish what God wants done, but we must do it his way, his way, his way. Of the increase of this government and peace, there will be no end. You see, right now, in the spiritual realm, we can still have that peace. In the spiritual realm. As long as we are anchored to Christ, as long as we're holding on to his love, his mercy, his grace, his power, he's using us. To accomplish his will. As long as we stay connected to him. We are able to withstand and endure anything that he gives us to do. Because he is working with us and through us to accomplish his will. Not mine. Not yours. His. So we must remain connected. And we must uh, remember to have that peace in our heart. Not to let the devil rob us. But the thing is, is that one day, one day, either we'll go to be with him or he'll come to be with us. Either way, from that point on, all we'll ever know is peace. I don't know about you, but I'm excited I can't hardly wait. (laughs) If he called me up, I'd say, yes, let's go, let's do it. Uh, Save me from surgery too, praise God. (laughs) Oh, God is so good to us. All the time. You know, through Christ, through Christ, through our faith in Christ, through what he has done for us on the cross, by us believing that, accepting it, repenting of our sins, confessing and repenting our sins and being baptized into Christ by us asking him to be our Lord and our Savior and submitting our life, our self, our entire self to him. We become citizens of the kingdom of God. We become children, the very children of God himself. We are ambassadors for Christ We are allowed to represent him. So the question then becomes, are we going to him as a counselor? Are we listening and obeying? Are we revering him as our heavenly father? As we should, as almighty God? Are we living in the presence of the prince of peace? Are we obeying? Are we submitting? Are we doing his thing or our thing? Mm. Something to think about. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord. Submit to him. If you have sin in your life that you need to deal with, just confess it. Repent of it. Tell him. I want to get clean of this. I don't want to do this anymore. This is a new year. In him we're made new new man, a new woman, a new person in Christ. That means he gives us the strength to live in that newness. But we have to go to him for it. If you need to do that this morning, you can come forward and, and, and we'll pray with you. Or you can pray where you are. God is there for you. He's listening. He's waiting. God is waiting for us, folks. We always say, where is God? God is waiting for us. That's where he is. He wants us to do something so he can do something through us. If you have any, smile to the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is number 202. What child is this? Let's stand. Oh, 
child is this who lay Amen. You may be seated. Um, as we heard a little earlier, we had requested our uh, congregational meeting be put, put off, what was that, two weeks? Uh, yeah, we need to trouble and meet about it. Came the deacons and elders, you mean? Uh, probably everybody would like to be involved. Oh, in the congregational meeting, certainly. Yeah. So we will set that up for the 15th. That agreeable with everyone? Special and regular congregational meeting. Okay. So we won't have the business meeting tomorrow? No, we won't have the business meeting this morning. Oh, tomorrow night. We will meet tomorrow night, yes. Okay. Maybe it can be discussed then. Hmm? Meeting to have a meeting? Huh? A meeting to have a meeting? <laughs> a committee to have a committee. There you go. That's what we do at school. A meeting. Yeah. We have things in planning stage for like 10 years. <laughs> at least sometimes. And it's, uh, yeah, there's some things that should have uh, should have been done 10 years ago, I think, that uh, were mostly done. <laughs> yeah, me too. I wasted a lot of breath. Uh, for those of you who might not uh, be aware, I would mention I've carried on a, uh, a love-hate relationship in the last <laughs> in the last ten years. We've had a ball doing it. Does that mean you love to hate me? Hmm? <laughs> or you hate to love me? I mm. <laughs> take an Article Thirty-One B on that, sir. The military version of the, the Fifth Amendment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, men's fellowship a week from Monday. Week from Monday. Yeah. That's good. At yeah. Austin. Gotta get yourself 
Hmm? You got to get yourselves there. Freddie may not go. Freddie may not go? That's what I remember. Huh. Maybe he'll loan you his truck. that needs to come off or off and the two speakers. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, might have been a, a little bit of a different Christmas message, but it was about Christ nonetheless. So praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your many, many blessings. The, the greatest is the gift of Jesus. Coming to defeat our enemy, his enemy, to overcome and to make us overcomers. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. This new year, let us truly live as new people in Christ and make it a goal to become more like you every day by reading your word, talking to you, obeying you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go tell it on the mountain. Have a great day.